Now entering Nerdist.com. Chew it with a guy named Kevin. Chew it and this other guy Steve. Chew it from the TV and the movies. And now this podcast stream. Chew it. They're gonna get chewy. Chew it. They might even get me. Chew it. But they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Kevin Heffernan. And Steve Lemmy. Welcome to another episode of Chewing It. Mmm, let's chew something delicious. What are you chewing? I'm chewing a hot dog. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm chewing a, bu- I chewed a barbecue hot dog with kes- ketchup, mustard, and relish on it. Barbecue hot dog, huh? Yeah, in honor of July 4th. Oh, that's pretty good. And it's coming up in a couple of days. All right. And at the end of the show, I'm going to have some apple pie with vanilla ice cream. I'm just telling you what I'm chewing mm-hmm. in advance. Really? Yeah. Okay. Do you know why? And I'm washing everything down with a Budweiser out of a can that I pull out of a cooler of ice. Because you're American? Because I'm from America. I didn't say what I was chewing. What were you chewing? I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to think like a, like a maybe, maybe some venison or something. Okay, because uh, we were just in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's good Colorado food. Well, like Colorado a, oysters? a candy bar you get out of the vending machine <laughs> when you're stoned late at night. Uh, yeah, Rocky Mountain Oysters is what they're, they're called, actually. Okay. And uh, those are uh, bull testicles. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Oysters, that's what I'm chewing. Okay, how were they? Uh, how were they? Great. Were they're they good. nutty? Nutty? They're mealy. They're mealy. Mealy, ew. Yeah. Gross. Um, Have you ever had the Rocky Mountain Oysters? No. Neither have I. And nor will I. No, I don't want to. But I had a great time in Colorado. That was amazing. We if we got to thank everybody who came out to Denver Comedy Works. Yeah. It was uh, – we had a great turnout for all the shows, and uh, we uh, we recorded our special. Yep. Our new special. We're going to think of a snazzy title and then uh, zip that out to you. Yeah. I've already started the editing process, so mm-hmm. we're into it. Yeah. And uh, we'll get it done, but it came out great. Uh, it looks great. The audiences are great. It was also very fun. Uh, there were a lot of people who came up to us after the shows and said that they were avid listeners of the podcast. Yeah, the show. And there was there was the birthday Which boy. Is good. There was the birthday boy at the. Uh, he he came up. Uh, you remember the birthday boy? Uh, at the show. At yeah, the club? he's the dude. Who, he was he was drinking, but he kept coming. He came backstage. Right. He came, he snuck backstage. Yeah. Wasted. Yeah. And uh, they shoot him away. Yeah, and then I remember the last time we saw him, he was about to leave the club with a full glass of scotch, and they were like, "You can't uh, take that outside." And so he chugged his like a like a highball glass, you know, full of scotch. Right, right. But uh, hey, what's up, buddy? Hope hope you had a happy birthday, and, uh, and <laughs> he doesn't remember. He survived the night. It was also our first time in uh, in Colorado since they've legalized marijuana. I know, I know. That it's kind of a different place. Well, it's like, like the first time we went there. Colorado. Yeah. Or, or the last time we went to Denver to do a show, like we stepped off the, the airplane. Right. And uh, the air was fresh and beautiful and yeah. mountainy. This time we got off the airplane and it smelled like a thousand skunks had farted it in the airport. <laughs> it's just all a very weedy, weedy experience. It is a weedy experience. And it's kind of like, <clears throat> it's interesting, like they don't, they don't care as much no. about it. It's, it's not a big a deal. I feel like. No. Like I was walking down the street on that like 16th Street mall kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And you know, you're not supposed to smoke as that, but there's tons of people smoking weed just sitting around smoking weed. Yeah. 
and didn't seem to be that big of a deal. No. There, you know, like the sky didn't fall and fucking riots weren't breaking out. No. And it was still a lovely town. Nobody was uh, jumping off rooftops. No. Thinking they were Superman. Yeah, none of that stuff. All the things that they say. Yeah. No, it was, it was uh, it's kind of cool, I thought. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's funny, though, because it's like, it, the place definitely reeks of weed. Yeah. Do you think the audiences were different because they were stoned or what? Um, <laughs> no, because our, our audiences tend to be anyway. stoned all the time. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, I mean, it was definitely like, I mean, people, like, it's, it's weird to have people come up to you and just pull out marijuana and offer it to you. And you're, you, you want to be like, hey, keep that down. Sure. Yeah. But that's not the case because it's legal. No. no. Which is just, uh, you know, aside from Amsterdam, I haven't been in a place where weed was legal. It's interesting. But, uh, uh, we had to do our sponsors, by the way, actually. We didn't do that yet. Okay. Um, do we have a piece of copy or are we just going to talk about how great? We're just going to wing it. Okay. I mean, it's basically simple, right? Like, we're sponsored by Amazon.com. Yeah. And the way you do it is you go to the Chewing It website. There's a banner ad for Amazon. You click through that banner ad, and then you just go shop on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What else should we talk about? Let's talk about our dates. We've got some upcoming dates. Oh, yeah, dates. yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we got some good July dates. Now we're in July. It's July now. And, uh, boy, the year is going by pretty quickly, isn't it? It really is. And the That's summer done. The summer is going by fast. Uh, but we got some gigs coming up. We're going to be uh, at the Levy Funny Bone, which is in Newport, Kentucky, which is right across the river from Cincinnati. So if you're in... Kentucky, or you're in like Southern Ohio, and you want to come see us, come check us out. You know what? I'll tell you what. Even if you're in any of the other 48 states, or even uh, sure. another one of the 352 countries in the world, you can come check it out. They got airports. They got you can you can get anywhere from anywhere. That's right. Believe it or not. So people of Earth, come to our show in uh, uh, Newport, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, it. that's July 11th and 12th. That's Friday and Saturday. Yeah. July 11th and 12th. Yeah. The Levy Funny Bone. Yeah. And then the next weekend, we're going to be in San Diego, July 17th, 18th, and 19th at the American Comedy Company. Which is an amazing club. Great club. Not that the Funny Bone uh, in uh, New, the Levy New... Well, we've never been there. So we've never been there. Yeah. You, you, I mean, I'm sure it's a great club, but yeah. we've been to the San Diego Club, and we know about the San Diego And it's club. amazing. It's a great place. It's amazing. Uh, so yeah, so if you're in the Cincinnati area, if you're in the San Diego area, come see us in July. Or if you're from the planet Earth. Or if you're from the planet Earth. Fly down and check us out. Sure, fly over there. If you're from Costa Rica, come check us out. Yeah, take a boat from Costa Rica up to San Diego. If you're from Timbuktu, get on a, sure, take, on a camel and fucking... Take a direct flight from, uh, Timbuktu to Cincinnati. Yeah, do it. They have them. Although they're only red eyes, but that's okay. It's all right. We're taking a red eye there. We are. We're taking a red eye to uh, Newport, Kentucky. That's right. And, uh, all right. And that's so that, those are the shows. Yeah, that does it for July. Yeah, but uh, if you want tickets, go to heffernandlemmy.com. All the ticket information is there. And for upcoming shows, you know, we got other stuff lined up later this year. So go, we, go look at the website. See if you uh, want to come to a show. We do. We're going to be at the Brea Improv on uh, August 29th and 30th and 31st. Mm-hmm. That's in August. We're going to be in Winnipeg at Rumors Comedy Club. That's... Uh, September 11th, 12th, and 13th, if you're Winnipegian. If you're a Winnipeg? If you're Winnipeg, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to be in Boston and in D.C. and in the Arlington Draft House. Right. That's in October. That's in October. We're going to be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and Atlanta in November. 
Boom. So that's as far as that's as far as we it's know. as much as we know so far. So yeah. But go to HeffernandLemmy.com. It'll it'll tell you all this stuff. Or you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Heffernan Rules. Yeah, I'm at Steve Lemmy. Um. Anyway, enough business, Lemmy. We did uh, we did an episode of Chewing It a few weeks ago where we talked about uh, pitching and some fun pitching stories. Yep. And some some people uh, tweeted us and said they wanted to hear about uh, other aspects of uh, of our lives in the in the the, yep. the film world. And something we thought was pretty funny was uh, a lot of the ridiculous auditions we've been on. Yeah, audition stories. I mean, it's certainly. You know, has been a big part of our lives in terms of uh, being actors and trying to get roles and other things and getting people to be in our movies. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's a process that we know very well and gone through. And there's always a good story, yeah. always a funny story. And I'm sure we told a few of them on prior podcasts, but we figured, yeah, let's do an audition podcast. At the risk of repeating ourselves, you might have heard a couple of these stories before, but sure. I, I guarantee you there's going to be one here that you haven't heard. That's correct. Um, that's correct. But I, I, I'll come out and say I, I generally hate the audition process. I, I fucking hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. It's a, it's a, you know, okay. I mean, you know, let's put it all in perspective. It's not like we're digging ditches, but it is a, it is a, a I don't know, pretty sobering, uh, uh, confidence crushing, uh, <laughs> process. Well, you're being judged on, on a very superficial level, you're being judged just sort of like if they like you as a person yeah. or not. And we've sat on the other side of that camera and auditioned people, and yeah, you're looking at what they look like. Yeah. And you have, you know, 30, 40 people come in, and you're only going to hire one of them, maybe. Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of failure in the audition world. I can't tell you how many st- times I've sat in a movie theater with my wife and be like, I auditioned for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't, and then you don't like the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's also like, you know, you, from our perspective, when we have held those auditions, mm-hmm. we try to be mindful of the fact that you're very, an actor is very vulnerable when they walk in there. But even still, like if somebody is kind of not giving you what they want, you can tune out a little bit. Sure. You forget. And that's part of the problem is when you're auditioning for people, there are people who have tuned out before you even walk in the room. Oh, yeah. I've and had you, terrible situations like that. Yeah, where you walk into a hostile environment. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's just a, it's, a, it's not a pleasurable – it's a competition. It's, a, you know, you walk into those rooms. And basically what, what it works is you, you, get an, you have an agent. Your agent finds out, you know, what's casting out there. They send you into stuff. They send you – they're called sides. Yes. Yeah. You know. Six, seven, eight pages of the script. Do you know why they're called sides? Why? Because they show you the different sides of the character's personality. Bullshit. No, that's it. I guess it's true. No, I mean, I believe you, but I don't know if it's true. But I no, that is true. I know I know what you're saying is true. I don't know if it's always accurate. Oh, you mean you don't think that the sides that they have chosen are indicative? Well, certainly. Not necessarily. Not with us. Because like, I've been in auditions where <laughs> you're just doing the same thing from scene to scene. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I don't even know where to start, but like, I think it's funny because like, just we're talking about, you know, your agent sends you an audition. Right. There's a long time, like uh, before anything where we didn't even have agents. Yeah. And you know, like I know I had to audition for a couple of agents. Yeah. And then also you would go through backstage newspaper. Right. And go in cold calls or whatever. Yeah. You have the cattle calls. Yeah. yeah. And then also like you would send in your headshot Uh to somebody and, uh, and then they might contact you. Right. <laughs> they, I don't know if they like your face or not. Right. And then uh. you, you get into some pretty sketchy 
Sure. You know, I mean, like, uh, that's when you're, you know, showing your tits on the, uh, well, like we had someone's bedroom. We, cause we did that too with Puddle Cruiser. <laughs> we didn't make each other tits, but yes, we held the audition. I mean, cause we didn't have an office. It was a low budget thing. We held the auditions in my apartment. Yeah. But, me and Jay, Jay and my, so handsome. Yeah. Where you guys all live. We were all living together. So we had the apartments there and then. And it was, but very far back in your apartment. Well, that's the thing. It's like the waiting room then was the living room. Yeah. And so the auditions were actually held in Stolhansky's bedroom. Yeah. Which was, a, you know, a good size room. We turned it into look, it kind of looked like a living room. It was like they were sitting on the bed. No, they weren't <laughs> sitting on the bed, except all of Broken Lizard was. <laughs> right, right. Because I remember, like, because I was the lead actor in that movie. Yeah. And I had to, I had to read with all of the girls who came in. Yeah. Which, on the one hand, was an excellent job. Sure. But on the, on the other hand, she and I would be sitting in chairs, and then... You and Jay and Stolhansky and Soder were all sitting like Indian style on a queen size bed. Right. And then our buddy Jim Sperber, who Sperberry Vermont from Super Troopers is named after, was operating the camera. Right. And I have to apologize to ladies that were in that room. He wasn't being very professional. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause, I guess so. No, because there was a... I feel like I was not in that room. I feel like I was like manning the fucking waiting room. Oh, you might like have. That. You might have. <laughs> You, that, that's very possible. Well, we've done this before also where we try not to have, you know, even when we audition for people for our other movies, we try to have, um, you know, mix it up and have certain guys go certain days. So it's not five or six guys just sitting there. Yeah. Just two or three guys. Yeah. But, uh, but so that was, you know, a, a, a little sketchy, but you know, it was also an interesting thing. That was the first time we had ever really held auditions. Yeah. And, uh, girls really wanted the part. And so do you remember that there was like a girl who was, she was clearly not going to get it. She was like six foot two and like Norwegian. Uh huh. She wasn't going to get the part playing my love interest because she right. was going to tower over right, me. Right, right. But uh, a movie magic, let me. Wow. But so I, you know, and I'm sorry if you weren't in the room for this, but do you remember like we were, she and I were reading a scene together, and it was a love scene. It was uh-huh. one of the love scenes. Uh huh. And she started sliding her hand up my shorts. Uh, I don't think I was there. For and that. nobody knew what to do. Like uh-huh. I froze. Like. Right. The lizards froze. Like Sperber was was peeking around the camera, <laughs> and she put her hand all the way up my shorts into the hot zone. She didn't touch anything. Okay, but she was in like she was in the sweaty zone. Right, right, right. And uh, <laughs> that was it. You know, it's it's interesting because people really want to get the part. Yeah, sure. Didn't uh, we? Because the other thing is, you know, you get all these headshots. You know, you put something in the in the paper or whatever, and you get stacks and stacks of headshots, and then people had jobs that they had to go through them, right? And, yeah. And kind of sift through and see who we'd invite to the audition. But we did that. We sifted through a lot of the headshots. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean, yeah. And then, like, w- there was that situation, right, where Soder stole one of the headshots? Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess we're going to the, this fun place. We can we can protect certain things. Let me just talk about it in general. The idea was that there was a... Let's... let's I'm going to be fair to Soder here and, and <laughs> lump myself into this. When you're making your first feature film... Yeah. There is a certain lack of professionalism in that all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. We're about to have a hundred gorgeous girls come through these doors. Sure. And, you know, so I think um, Soder took a fancy to one of them. Right. And, I mean, I know he took a fancy to one of them. <laughs> right. I actually don't know. Is this like after meeting or just from the picture? You know what? I think it's from... Uh, well, I, I think it's after meeting. Yeah. Uh, I just remember that we were... Uh, do you want to tell the story? Uh, well, I don't think we should mention any names. No, we, oh, we, we won't. I, I actually know the names. And I know... So do I. And I know that there was... 
there is to this day a discrepancy uh, of, how, of opinion of what exactly happened. Yeah, but here's here's what we do know that happened was that Soder set his script down on top of a stack of the headshots. Right. And then when he picked up his script to leave, one of the head sh- the top headshot was somehow connected to his script. <laughs> right. Whether it and now is, a headshot is like kind of the beauty shot, like you get a, going, as an actor, you get a professional photo taking yourself and your your best pose, and that's kind of your calling card. It's like a business card, yeah. Uh, and you send it when you go in for auditions. So yeah, yeah. Like for friends, and you know, it's kind of funny because our headshots, even since we're talking about auditions, like right. your first headshot was hilarious. Yeah, we might have to post that uh, on the yeah, Facebook I have page. To go find it. Yeah. It's like you could have only been cast as the bully. Right. You had like a... It was like eyebrow raise, smirk. Like a side mouth smirk. Yeah, yeah. And you had like a... Like a... Like a... I had like a... The, page uh, boy haircut. No, that well, was kind of still handsome. But you also had that like a longer... Well, I had a ponytail. Your, your longer hair haircut and your hand, your hands on your yeah, face. Yeah, like I could have gotten the part... Your hands are resting on your chin. I could have gotten the part of like a wandering minstrel. <laughs> yeah. Like a sensitive bar. <laughs> no, so Hansky had a hardcore... Page boy, oh yeah, like uh, he well he he had, he had just yeah the Dutch boy yeah, yeah, yeah there are some where like if you look at it quickly he looks like a he looked like my ex girlfriend from college <laughs> I got long hair but Stolhansky was having hair issues back then yeah and uh, but people seeing people's headshots was always was always funny like like uh, yeah well that was I remember Jay just had the same one like he took one in high school and then he had it for. 20 years. Yeah. And that was it. In fact, he may even still have probably it. Still, that's probably still his headshot. Yeah. And then you and I went and got headshots together. Not like you and I in the same photo, but you and I got the same photographer. Same guy, we yeah. the same day. Yeah. That was good, though. Yeah. But, you know, I guess things change now because uh, uh, this was all, like, you know, pre-internet or whatever, you know, like like pre-digital photos, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Right? So it's like that was really the only way you could show. You know, now – I feel like you don't need a headshot as much because people, you know, if you have a if you have credits, the people just go online and like, oh, that's Kevin Heffernan, oh, that's Steve Lamb. Sure, it looks like this. Sure, but in that day, it was like that's the only the only way you knew how. But they I wonder how like an actor who's starting out does do they still have to mail hard copies of eight by tens to I don't know probably his casting people probably we also and we did have so I, I remember I, I I used to keep some of my the funny ones like I remember there was one dude. Who sent? He had, it was a headshot of him. He was like a Sylvester Stallone looking guy, like a dice man looking guy, <laughs> right. and he had like a vest with no shirt on underneath, and it was open, and a gun tucked into his, uh, <laughs> right, his pants. Right. Well, that was for his tough guy roles. If you're looking for a tough guy, yeah, he's but, your man. But he sent that in for Puddle Cruiser for the. But wasn't weren't those guys who were like in the trip picks or whatever? Like it would be like a guy he would have that shot of himself, and then him dressed like a construction worker, yeah, and then a cop, and then, yeah, like what it was, yeah, and then as a nerd, just to show that hey, I have this kind of. Brush. I had one of those. You did well because I was I was uh I you know I started auditioning in high school. Yeah, because what happened like uh I think we've told the story. I auditioned. The short version is I had that backstage newspaper and I auditioned for that movie Heaven Help Us. Right, and it was for like five you know high school kids. Right, and that was the one with Andrew McCarthy. Or? Andrew McCarthy, yeah. Kevin Dillon. That was yeah. his first. Movie. I have it on my 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 TV right now. Patrick Dempsey got the part I auditioned for. Okay, Doctor Doctor McDreamy or whatever. Yeah, okay. I always hated him. Yeah, and because uh, he was like, I actually knew who he was because he had showed up at a couple of like our our Dalton parties. Okay, so he's a New York City kid like you. Yeah, but he he was like at the high school of performing arts. Oh, he was like he was like a professional actor. Did those me. guys get a, get a leg up when they went in on those auditions? Well, they were just trained, you know, yeah. like they knew that they knew that they stuff. took audition classes and things like that. Yeah, and probably were in a lot of plays. Like I didn't do you know many. 
I had done a couple of plays, but like, so I went to, it was an open call, but they called me back that night. Like okay. I, I didn't have a headshot. I, I brought in a Polaroid. Okay. Cause I saw, I was like, I fit the description. So I went, it was an open call. Yeah. I went there. I could see one of the people just staring at me. Right. Like one of the cast of people just staring at me. And that night I got staring a call. Staring you as if like, hey, he's right. For yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was, it was one of those unmistakable things. I was like, that dude's definitely staring at me and yeah. I feel good. And not in like Maybe a creepy one. Bone years. Could have been. I was like 14. Right. And I, I suppose it still could have been. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I got the audition. I went in. I sucked. And, uh, <laughs> but then they, you know, they gave me the part. You know what was nice about it? They gave me the part as like, you know, one of those like extra, core extra guys. I got a lot of days of work and yeah. made some money. And when, after my mom saw the movie, she was like, do you know why they didn't give you the lead role or the, uh, you know, that part? Because you're better looking than all of them. And I, <laughs> and I said, I don't think that's it, mom. She's like, no, because the lead actor is that, that's Andrew McCarthy and you're much more handsome than he is. There's no way they would cast somebody more handsome than him in a, in one of the supporting roles. That's why you didn't get it. What a nice thing for mom to say. I'm about to cry. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about this? It's not the truth. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. It, was, it was nice of her to say. It was very nice of her to comfort her, the failure of her son, with that kind of a... <laughs> that those were i mean those are just like those you're you you really don't understand vulnerability until you go in on those things and because you, you feel like shit afterwards you're oh, like you always feel like shit after because you're like well they called me in because they liked the way i looked i don't mean like whether you're handsome or you're beautiful it's yeah you're right fat, for the part could be whatever yes you're right for the part and then you go in and there's something about what you did that made them think otherwise that you were not right for the part right and then there are actually more things that play at that, but like, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a nice feeling. No, no, it's a, it's a quick, you're doing a quick performance where you're airing it all out for everybody. Yeah. You know, do you, do you know what the, you know, the, I know the headshot you're talking about where I had sort of like, like a mince, or a, yeah, yeah. Your hands were in your chin. Yeah. And your I was, chin was in your hands. My chin was in my hands and I had like a, yeah, I, I know, I know what the headshot you're talking about. I, that headshot actually got me an audition for the part of. Uh, Ron Goldman. Okay. In the O.J. Simpson, uh, in an O.J. Simpson dinner theater play. Uh, okay. So wait, wait, wait. There, it, someone had written a dinner theater play uh, about the O.J. Simpson incident? Yeah. And, and they were staging it in New York? In New York City. Okay. It was like off, 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 off Broadway. Okay. So far off Broadway, you're in a restaurant. Right. And uh, Delhi. Okay. And so uh, that had, I guess, I guess somebody thought I looked like Ron Goldman. All right. And so I went in and like, it was kind of creepy. Okay. I was reading the part, you know, and this had only happened like a year earlier. Right. This is like, this is like 1995 that I'm doing this. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, they kept saying, you really do look like him. But you, you obviously did not look like him. Apparently not enough. <laughs> Apparently Ron Goldman was not uh five, eight and a half. Oh, he wasn't. No, I think he was tall. Oh, okay. Strapping. Okay. But that's always been my issue is like you, you know, one comical thing about going in for the, these auditions is that you're always in there with a bunch of your food group, right? Your type of person. Exactly. So like when I go in there, it's always these like smug, dark haired dudes who think they're really cool. <laughs> right. And, and Which is what you are. And they're just dick. But I, it's like, I always get hosed because like they never send me in for like the five, eight guy. Uh, but that's what a leading man is. Leading men are five eight. No, in Hollywood. But like I've got how tall is Tom Cruise? He's five eight. You taller than Tom Cruise? I am. I met him. Yeah, I'm taller. Than him. Okay. I was just a so, hair taller too. So he's he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. You, no, you're right. You're right. But like Stallone, little guy. 
True. True. Yeah. But he's, you know, I'm just saying. He's big in stature. I'm just saying. But like I like I went in for that all my children audition for the part of Trask Bodine. <laughs> right. And there's all these like right. six foot three like muscular model guys, all like, you know, like out handsome each other across the room. Yeah. It was one of those I'm like, I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. And like you walk into the room and you can tell that the people you're auditioning for are like, Ugh, here's a here's a five minutes of my day. Like yeah. you read the thing once and you're like, Should I do it another way? They're like, No, no, we got it. No, no, that was good. You're like okay, but I've had that in the in the, we talked about the other week, but in the in the other direction where you are intentionally the wrong guy for the part, intentionally brought in to be yeah uh, a another option, and you walk into that room and you realize that you're the other option. When the, I remember when that happened, that what Marissa called. I think we did a. I think uh, yeah, we did a. Or she was doing a pilot. Uh, it was a pilot for ABC, and. Uh, in the test for it, which is kind of the final part of, of it. Uh, and uh, it was me and like five really good looking guys. Right. Like six foot, like my, like studs. Yeah. And you're like, okay, which one of us doesn't belong? And then you realize that, you know, they wanted some variety and you're I was the variety. Yeah, but this is different. You know what I'm talking about? It was yeah. like, you know. It's, yeah. It's the one where they're, they're like, you know, it could, it could be interesting. We could go in this direction. Let's have one option. Yeah. And then obviously they decide not to go. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, let's go with the stud. But those are the ones where you're in the room and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I guess it gives you a chance because like you could hit it. You could. Yeah. I mean, you've heard like apparently the graduate, you know, Dustin Hoffman, that part was supposed to be an all-American uh, college basketball player. Oh, really? Okay. And he came in, I guess, was just so awesome. Yeah. But then your agent, those agents, they tell you to go in for every role. But, uh, you know, it works the other way around too because I have gone in for auditions where it's like, the blue collar guy, right. like you and I went in on, a, on, a, on an audition once <laughs> at the same time. And it was like for forklift operator. Right. And it was like, I was in there and it was like these dudes, like that guy, Will Sasso was in there. Yeah. Those are dudes who weigh like 270 pounds. These are the guys who are always in the room, yeah. the same waiting room as me. When you go in there. Right, 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 right. And it's like, you know, flannel shirt wearing, which I do. I like, I can rock a flannel sure. shirt. Sure. Like construction boot, you know, anything. But I go in there and I'm like. Yeah. But it's not like we're the same. Not, we're not the same food group. You and I. Yeah. No. And that's, you know, sometimes because we have the same agent. Right. A lot of times on those like general, like, hey, you know, comedy roles. We're looking for somebody, uh, guys who can handle the comedy. Yeah. We would have agents that would send the five Brooklyn Lizard guys in for a role. Yeah. You'd get there. Or but no, we had that funny one recently where yeah. you and I went for the same part. Yeah. In like a, it was like a James Brooks movie or Jack Nicholson movie or something. Was it was Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson, uh, Owen Wilson, Reese Witherspoon. Right. It was like. Here we go again. Yeah, or, uh, second, uh, sec, second uh, time the charm one bites the dust. Yeah, or, uh, one of those. T- here one of those today, gone the, tomorrow. With the titles, that, yeah, uh, it's about time. Or yeah, something like that. Or, uh, yeah, it's not for you. <laughs> yeah, one of those, uh, one of those movie titles. Titles. But we went. Uh, that was a funny thing because not only were we called in for the same audition, we were called at the same time. Yeah. So we were sitting in the waiting room next to each other. Not only were we called in <laughs> at the same time, Kev, but we were the only two guys in the waiting it's room. It's true. It's true. We were probably like the last ones of the day or something. It was me and you. Yeah. Sitting there. Yeah. Did I go first or did you go first? Uh, and it's a dramatic, it's kind of a dramatic it was, uh, audition. By dramatic, you mean, if you mean emotional, then yes, it yeah, was yeah. a crying scene. It was a cry. The audition was a crying it's scene. The hus- I haven't seen the movie, so but because like uh, – 
you know, I, I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea. Right. Well, sometimes when you audition for these things, you don't want to see the movie. No. It makes you, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, it's the scene, I guess it's a scene where the dude is basically apologizing to his wife for being a loser in life. Okay. He's yeah, like, right. I'm 40 yeah, yeah. years old or something like that. And I, and I don't have a job or anything. With any, and he's crying for her. Right. And right. she's just given birth or something like that. And he's yeah, basically right. saying, I'm not worthy. Right, right. And uh, I know I had prepared the shit out of that scene. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I can, I can do this emotional scene. And like, I got into it. Like I, I put up. Did you go first or did I go first? I think I went. F- okay. I think I, oh no, I, I did go first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because what happened is I went in there. Yeah. And uh, you like, so I was in the waiting room first and right. then, and I was alone. Right. And then you showed up. We were like, oh. Hey, what's boy. up, man? Hey, how's it going? Hey, you. And then I think, <laughs> you, you know what? They actually apologized for having us come at the same time come at the same time our agents did or the people who no were... the people i remember right. they were like really sorry about that we know right. that like you guys work together and like i guess they didn't think that we would find it as comical as we did right <laughs> right, right. But, but yeah so i remember i went in yeah and the girl who was reading with me and this is another aspect of she was a casting assistant she, you always like when, when you audition for something you, there's always somebody who's going to read the lines with you and it's Almost unless you're like getting called, you're like your callback. Yeah, it's not going to be somebody who is an actor in the film or a professional right. actor. Right. It's usually an assistant, and they're probably not going to be giving you all that you need to give a great reading. Right, right. It's not like uh, like you pay play to the level of your competition kind of thing. Yeah, like that's the situation. Yeah, this girl <laughs> was like the Meryl Streep <laughs> of, of casting assistants. Of casting assistants, because yeah. I walked in there. And started doing my thing, and like I had tears going, mm. and she started crying, and we were like touching each other's faces and being intimate, and and, mm. I, and like while I was doing the audition, I was like, I'm fucking nailing it! <laughs> Holy shit! I've, I'm making this girl weep. Right. I'm making her weep. Right. And I came out of there. They were like, so good, Steve, yeah. so good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you found the moment. I found the moment. I cried my dick off. And I came out, and, and there you were again. I had, I was like, I wasn't even embarrassed about drying my eyes, wiping my eyes in front of you. Then you, this, well, the way it plays out from my perspective right. is that you called me up afterwards. Right. And you were like, yeah. And, you know, I just, I pissed all over it. And, like, you're like, I didn't get emotional. <laughs> The, well, the thing you're like, did you cry? I was like, no, yeah, no. It's an audition. We didn't cry. Yeah, and you're like, but the girl, she was crying her ass off. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. She was crying for fucking everybody. I was like, I. They call me to be the comedy guy. Yeah, right. Not the cry guy. Yeah, you want to cry guy. In a different direction. Yeah, that's not a big deal. But that girl, I remember that girl. She and I remember talking to her, and, and after I was like, do you do this for every? I mean, do you? I mean, you think about it, she got emotional for every person that came in there, which is fantastic. Yeah. You don't get that. No, it was great. No, my uh, uh, my favorite story like that, favorite person I ever read with? Yeah. Uh, Tarantino. Because mm-hmm. that's the opposite of reading with like a casting director or a casting yeah. agent. Like this, he wrote the thing. He's more passionate about it than you are. Yeah. Or you will ever be. Yeah. And he's the guy who's reading with you, and he knows exactly what he wants. Yeah. You know? And so what was that like when you went in there? I think it was for the Death, Death Proof movie, Death Proof. You were auditioning for the part that uh, John Lochran got it. I think right? Lochran got it, yeah. And um, we uh, – he had the auditions at his house. 
And which was cool because you went to his house and yeah. like, you know, like the, the pussy wagon was parked in the driveway. Nice. You know, the pussy wagon from uh, yeah. Kill Bill. Yeah. So, uh, and um, you get there and it's a, like tons of people, you know, like Will Sasso was there. Yeah. And, not that I know Will Sasso, but it's like guys who you know who they are. Yeah. And there's a bunch of the Sandler guys were there. And, uh, and so uh, you wait in his living room. And he downstairs in the, his uh, basement or wherever he has a uh, not a basement, but downstairs he has a screening room, like a big, like nice, cool screening room, like you know, hundred seats or something, you know, fifty seats, whatever. Yes. And that's where he's doing the auditions. Yeah. And he's like in his like a bathrobe and like pajamas or something. You know what I mean? He's yeah. Like you know, whatever. I mean, it's just very casual. And does he like when you're at his house? Is he carrying like a like a samurai sword around? <laughs> no, but there probably are. Are there geisha girls walking around there? <laughs> no, there weren't. There weren't. There were just a bunch of dudes. Like, what's Tarantino's house like? It was super nice. I mean, I I love that guy, and I think the yeah. guy's the fucking best in the world. And I like him. Every time I've met him as a person, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, so, and as people who've listened to the podcast know, yeah. we have we have history with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think the guy is, is as good as they get. But uh, speaking of James L. Brooks movies, as good as, good as they, they get. get. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you're you're in a screening room with you and the casting director, and he reads. But he doesn't read. He knows the script in his head. So he's off book. So he's off book Okay, doing the scene with you. So if you don't know your shit, you're going to look like an ass. You're going to look like an ass. And, uh, but he's super gracious. So he like – the reason you're there is because he wants you to be there. He likes who you are and he knows who you are. And he tells you, you know, he's like, Here's, this is what I love about this. And I watched Club Dread in the screening room. We had a great time. Mm. Whatever, whatever, that kind of stuff, you know. And so then you do the scene with him. And he's better than you are without a question. I mean, like, he knows the ins and outs of it. It's in his head. Yeah. And he knows what it is to audition, too, because he, like, auditions are terrible because you go in, you're kind of a little nervous or whatever. There's something else in your mind. Everyone needs some time to warm up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And every fucking baseball player takes some practice swings. You know what I mean? Ooh, a sports, a sports. Yeah, every golfer takes some practice swings. Okay, sports. For audition, you go in, and oftentimes you get that one shot, and then they say thank you very much. See you later. Yeah. Right? But Tarantino, and there are a lot of people who do this. Also, I think we do this too uh, when we audition. People is like, you know, that you need to warm up, and so yeah, he warm up, and then he's like, all right, let's try it this way, and he's like, all right, let's get up on our feet. Let's go. Let's walk around and do it over here. Not go over there. Workshopping. So yeah, and you know, and it's it's you're feeling great about it because you are giving the best performance that you can because you've been warmed up. You have a a partner who gives a shit, and you want to impress the guy, you know. And so it's kind of cool. Um, Well, that's and that's nice because, like we said, the audition room is a very intimidating thing. Yeah, and you've been called in because there's a chance that you have some that the people think you are right for the part. Yeah, it doesn't serve anybody well for a hostile casting director to make the actor feel uncomfortable because then they're not going to see what that person could really do. Yeah, or make them feel like they give a shit, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that was the that was the best audition that I've ever been on in terms of the way it was handled. Yeah, uh, you know, I didn't get the part. No, you didn't. But get that's the, okay. That's okay. One day, maybe, maybe down the road. I mean, you know, I, I I've been in plenty of poorly handled rehearsal. I mean, uh, audition rooms before, but you know. Like I, I did that. I did that one. Uh, you know, pilot season is another thing that's kind of a big audition thing. Yeah. Basically, pilot season is like you hit like February, March of every year, and that's the cycle of TV. Yeah. And you know, they write their things and they develop their things, and then February, March is when you audition for the new TV shows. And yeah. So there's always a shitload. You're doing like 
you can be doing like, you know, five, six a week, you know, you can do week two or three a day, you know, every day for a week, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And so there's always, you know, it's always a cattle call, but some are run better than others. But I remember there was one and, uh, I won't, you know, I won't, uh, say exactly what it was because a friend of ours actually ended up getting the part. But, uh, I went in for an audition and, uh, it was, uh, I thought it'd be kind of disrespectful, but it was like, basically, uh, it was one of those auditions that it was like Friday afternoon on the other side of town. Like yeah. I had to go from the West side to Burbank yeah. on a Friday afternoon, Yeah, which, you know, whatever it sucks, but whatever. So you do it. I go over there. My audition's like at four thirty, right? I get there at four thirty. The room is packed with well-known like comedy folk. Yeah. People that you, people know. And, um, and so, uh, I'm like one of the last ones, I guess they're behind, you know, a few minutes or whatever. And so, you know, one, you know, guys go in and they leave. I go in and the room is whittling down and whittling down. And then the last two guys, it's me and it's the guy, Jason Mansukas. You know that guy? Yeah. Yeah. And really funny guy. And so anyway, so, uh, uh I don't know him, but uh, I know who he is. Yeah. And so he was the last guy there in front of me. And so he goes, now it's like five o'clock, right? But now it's like, we've been sitting there for half an hour waiting to go in. Yeah. He goes in and I sit, I'm sitting on the waiting room and, uh, and 10 minutes go by, which is about as long as the audition is the most. Yeah. You know? Now 15 minutes, got 20 minutes go by. I'm like, holy shit. He's in there. He's dr- probably just like off in the park. He's drilling it in there. Yeah. Jeez. Like they're going over and over. Yeah. Another 10 minutes ago. Now half an hour has gone by. Yeah. I'm the only one sitting in that room. To give to give people just a frame of reference here, this is a huge thing, is how long the actor is in there before you. Yeah. Sometimes they're in there for like three minutes, and they come out, and you're like, what a dork. Right. And then you go in there, and you're in there for 15 minutes, and you're like, oh, I'm, I got this right. part. Or sometimes they go in there, and you're sitting out in the waiting room, and you can hear them laughing in there, laughing, and you're yeah. like, oh, shit, and it makes you feel even worse. Yeah. And yeah. then you go in, and they don't laugh, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, this guy's in there for 30 minutes. And now I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on here? I was like, Ugh. I mean, obviously, this, they gave him the part or whatever it is. I'm the last guy here. It's Friday at 530 now. And I'm like, I should just leave. I should just, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? yeah. Another 10 minutes go by. I was like, I'm going to give 10 more minutes. I'm going to leave. And I'm on my way out. 10 minutes go by. I'm on my way to the door. And the woman comes and grabs me. She goes, oh, Kevin, come on in. And they brought, brought me into the room. And the guys who were created the TV show, the guys who were holding the audition, were finishing up uh, some, like, takeout food. Mm-hmm. And so basically what happened was, that dude was long gone. Yeah. They made me wait. I was the last guy. They made me wait for half an hour while they had some dinner. Yeah. When they could have just got me out in five minutes. They made me sat in that room for half an hour while they had some dinner. Yeah. And then they had me in and they couldn't even give me a shit. Here's how I would have done it. <laughs> and this is to those assholes who are, who are out there. I would have let you come through, yeah, and then I would have left early and gone home or gone out to dinner or something like that, or just left and gone right. out early. I mean, think about it. Like, they could have left and gone and eaten. If they had me, and then they could have left. Yeah. It's amazing, though, because it's like, you know, we don't do that. Yeah. And we would never do that. Never. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. And it's My amazing. time has some value to it. Those are people that were just ill-raised by their parents. It's a hard enough situation as it is. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they should also know that the longer you leave somebody out there, the angrier they're going to be. Yeah. And also because actors, a lot of actors have, you can sometimes have multiple auditions in a day, particularly for TV shows yeah. in pilot season. Yeah. Where you are, you know, running around going from, from place to place. Yeah. Which isn't that... Which isn't that cool at all. Have you ever 
Have you ever walked out on an audition? Yes. I've walked out a couple on a couple before. I, I walked out on a. Uh, do you have a story handy that you can tell? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was the day. It was the day I decided to stop auditioning for uh, uh, commercials. Okay. It was the last commercial audition I ever went to. Okay. Ooh. Uh, I went in. We talked about this. I went. Oh, we haven't talked about this in the pocket. You and I talked about this. It was. Um, it was a voiceover okay. audition, and uh, it was for one of those like. Remember those like nest tea, iced tea, or the, the claymation yeah. characters? Yeah. And they do the nest tea ads? Yeah. Uh, I think it was nest tea. And so anyway, um, it, was, uh, it was one for Bruce Lee. Like yeah. Like a Bruce Lee iced tea ad. Yeah. And I got the script, and it was like, go in for the voice of Bruce Lee. Yeah. And now I'm like, come on. Like what, are you, like, what are you saying here? You know, it's like the script is like in Bruce Lee uh, accent, you yeah. know, meaning – Asian. Yeah. Right. So I look at this thing. I'm, I, I called the agent back and I was like, really? Like they want like a white guy to go in there and do an Asian accent for yeah. a Bruce Lee thing? I mean, this is like fucking Breakfast with Tiffany or something. You know what I mean? It's like, what are we, yeah, what are we yeah. talking about? They're like, no, no, it's totally fine. No, we're going to do it tastefully. It's, yeah. I mean, they just, they want a, you know, a good comic actor and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right. And so it was in New York City. I remember I went down like 23rd Street or something, and I walked into the room, and it was packed with people going for this voice audition, and every single one of them was an Asian dude. Okay. Every single one. It was probably 25 Asian dudes sitting there waiting their turn. You know what? Yeah. Makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense. Makes sense. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I just turned, and I walked out. Okay. I walked away. Okay. Good. (laughs) I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I've walked out. yeah, I like that ad. I don't know who did the voice for it ultimately, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, you know what? Wasn't that actually reminds me of uh, Zach? I, I want to get back to the voiceover thing. Well, but I auditioned for Zach Braff for Garden State. Okay, speaking of people who've written and directed, sure. the movie. And the word wasn't. I auditioned for the part that ultimately went to Jeff Aaron's, who's Stoner Number Three and Super. Right, 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 a friend of ours. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's just a couple, one scene or a couple scenes or something like that. It's yeah. like a dude that he runs into, you know, he used to go to school with or something like that. And uh, like I was just, you know, trying to, you know, sound a little dumber than uh-huh. usual, so I kept saying "wasn't." Yeah. Instead of "wasn't." Uh-huh. And I guess it was just pissing Zach Braff off. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? He started getting really like I said "wasn't," and he, and he went "wasn't." And I went, yeah, wouldn't. And he goes, wouldn't? And I go, yeah, wouldn't. But like, not in like a, he's improving me and wants to like go with it. He was just like super annoyed that I would mispronounce his words. His words. Huh. That I would change it. Didn't you meet him uh, I did. later on? Then, did you tell him that story? I did. Yeah. And so, and I, I, it's like my ego wanted him to remember me. I mean, you know, we have made super troopers at that point. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was out at the, at the Maui Film Festival. Right. Hello. <laughs> and then like a film festival in Hawaii guy. <laughs> Hello, guy. What up, Maui? <laughs> and he was there with uh, with Garden State. That was where I saw it. It's a really amazing film festival. Yeah. But uh, he and I wound up hanging out with each other. <laughs> right. And by the, by the pool one day. Right. You know, it's like we were, for whatever reason, I was there with a friend. Yes. And, uh, and he was there with his film. Yeah. And, uh, and so during the day we're at the same hotel, we just wound up hanging out with each other because it's just like when you're, you know, sometimes when you're the 
only people who know each other in that thing. Like yeah. he knew he knew who I was, and, and I knew who he was. So we just gravitated toward each other. Yeah. But we talked about that uh, <laughs> that story. He was like, "Oh yeah, oh Did yeah." Do you remember it? I don't think he did. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think he remembered me leaving him with a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah. It, it could have all been in my mind. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But that was that was a little awkward experience. <laughs> I walked out, I walked out though, on an audition, on a musical theater audition. Okay. And uh, that was, I remember I was waiting tables at Busby's in New York City. So this is like, this is pre-Puddle Cruiser. Okay. This is, this is the early days. These are the early days. Yeah. It was a musical thing, and they were like, you know, bring, like, uh, select a song. And the song I, I decided to sing was Rod Stewart's Reason to Believe. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, you got to choose whatever song you wanted to? Prepare any song you want. Okay. They're like, I was like, could it, does it, can it be, oh, you know what it was? Because, like, I had, for whatever reason, whoever was sending me out at the time, I had said, you know, I'd go out on, like, theater auditions, too. <laughs> and so I went out on uh, this thing, and uh, so... No, yeah. wait, let, let me ask you this Rod Stewart thing. Like, did you think, like, it, it was, like, in your register or something like that? It's like, I sound the best singing that song in the shower. Like, what was your if I could, reasoning? If I could tell you my thought press process as to why, of all songs, I chose that one. Yeah. I would. Okay. I, you know, it's like, but, I, you know, because they, they were, like, either you can choose a show tune. Uh-huh. Or you can choose, like, a, a, a song that you a like. A rock and roll song. Yeah, right. and, and I was like, I was really into Rod Stewart at that point in my life. Okay, <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, it's like... I'm not saying it's not a good, I mean, it's a good song. I'm just saying, of all the songs to pick, there's a reason why you chose that one. And I, I think I maybe did think that my voice sounded best with that. It's like, okay. let's just say I was going to do another Rod Stewart song. Was I going to sing Tonight's the Night? <laughs> Tonight's the night. <laughs> well, that sounded pretty good. That's really I can good. sing Rod Stewart. That's really good, man. You know who else I can sing pretty well? Yeah. Joe Cocker. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Like as an invitation or just his No, songs? I remember one time like somebody chose him for me at karaoke. Okay. And I was like, I can't do this song. I can't do Cocker. I can't cock. And I did it and people were into it. Like people were like singing with it. I was like, holy shit, I nailed Cocker. Right. But so, I remember that. We were mocking you. You were, <laughs> you, you, mock. You were Joe Mockering me? Joe Mocker. But, uh, but so, I, had, so I, had, I rehearsed the song for days. I was like, if I listen long enough to you i'd find a way to believe that it's all true (laughs) and uh i was just in the waiting room fooling my i've been fooling myself the whole time thinking that i could do this and that my voice actually sounded good yeah and i stood a chance right and because i had actually been i had been uh you you can sing i mean you can carry tune in in my boarding school in colorado i was on i was in the men's singing group oh but i wasn't good enough to make the traveling group oh gosh okay you're on the home team i need some work (laughs) okay okay so there and that and then i quit i was like ah fuck it yeah and so there i was sitting there in in the waiting room and i can hear people fucking belting out like hard songs too yeah you know like hitting all like three octave changes you know uh-huh. Doing like Pavarotti and shit like that. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I walked. Vibrato. I walked. You did? Oh, hell to the okay. yes. Okay. Okay. And oh, so okay. have you, but have you, I've done a singing audition. Have you done a singing audition? I mean, I didn't do it. I mean, that's the story I have. But have you done a singing audition where you've actually sung? No, I would have had I not walked out. There, yeah. Well, I, like, I, the thing that would burn me up is when like, like, uh, like I felt terrible. I know everyone thought it was fucking hysterical and gave the guy shit. But remember that Chris Klein yeah, video that got leaked a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, 
Whereas he was doing like I can't remember it was Mama Mia. I can't remember what it he was, was. It was Mama Mia. Mama Mia. And he was auditioning, and his audition tape got out. Yeah. And everyone thought it was you know it was like making fun of him. And I, I was like, that's such fucking bullshit because yeah. you go in there and you do what they want you to do to try to get a part in the movie. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. Yeah. He was singing a song that they want, and it's a very vulnerable moment. Yeah. You're so you put yourself out there. You're fucking vulnerable, and then some fucking cast associate leaks it online. Yeah. That person should be killed. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I, I get that it was funny and there was things to it, but in my mind, I'm like, God, I've been there, man. I've been in that position. Yeah. And well, because it takes, look, Hugh Jackman is a triple threat. And when he goes in, he's trained in singing. He's not as intimidated as Chris Klein was on that day to go yeah. in there and be like, you know what? I have no training. Yeah. But they, there's, they want to see, see me yeah. and I'm going to give up my all. Yeah. Meryl Streep's in the movie. Yeah. And you're like, and you know what? Fuck it. It's just an audition. No one will see it anyway. Yeah. I'll only make an ass out of myself for five minutes. Yeah. And, no. you know, a part of it also was, I think, I, I, if I remember correctly, like, you know, he was working it, trying to like, you know, which I've done in audition playing times. Here's, you know, people, mutual, mutual people we know or whatever it was. Every beat in that Chris Klein thing, I, I felt it like cause I'd been there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I, I got, I had a singing audition but can I say something? Yes. I don't think the person who leaked it should be killed. I think those are strong words. Maybe How about flogged? Publicly flogged? I could say maybe like a metaphorical flogging, like never allowed back in the business <laughs> okay. or anything okay. like that. Okay. But it did remind me, like my mom used to say like, she'd look at the ingredients in the Fruit Loops. Yeah. And she'd be like, this red dye number 12. The people who make these cereals should be shot between the eyes. And I'd be like, mom, <laughs> that's strong. That's right. strong. Right, right. Okay, okay. Okay, so, you're right. I'm okay. strong. Okay. Anyway, continue. but I, I, that that made me mad. A person violating someone's privacy in that mm-hmm. way when it, when they had a, a duty to not do that. You know what? You're yeah. right. They should be punished to the extent of what a violation is. Yeah, because that is a violation. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I um I got this audition and it was for a um. I mean, I won't reveal what the show was. Or it was a TV show about a band. And uh, oh, was it called uh the the bandies? Yeah, maybe ban- the bandits. Banditos. The band. Ooh, that's a good thing. Uh, let's do a show. Let's create a show about a, a group of uh, bank robbers. Yeah, who are also in a band. We we'll call them bandits. Or we just gave away one of the best ideas. You just gave it away. Um, you know, we should do. Podcast. We should sell it in Latin American territory first, and call it banditos, banditos. and then sell okay. it to the Americans. Okay. We'll make a fucking bumble. Oh, I like that. Okay. okay. List then of things to do. We'll do all the singing. Okay, go. Okay, so uh, I am auditioning for one of the members of the band. Yeah, the drummer. And, uh, cause the big guy's always the drummer, right? Yeah. Oh, I always thought he was the bass player, but uh, go on. Okay. So anyway, I'm surprised uh, they didn't bring you in for the bass player. Okay. Go on. So anyway, they say, okay, so here's the deal. You do your audition, you do a scene and then you have to sing a song and, and they give you the song. The song is, um, Ario Speedwagon, uh, going to keep on loving you. Okay. I'm going to keep on. That, that's all. So like, I'm like, okay, really? And it's like, I read the script. It was a pretty good script pretty good part and i was like okay and it's like just a it's like about a, like a band it's not much singing in the thing but you have to go do it yeah and i'm like all right so uh i pull up the song and i start practicing and i'm like and you start practicing you're like god this song's really high this is a it's a that's a high song what's I'm the song keep on, i'm gonna keep on loving you by Ario Speedwagon. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah 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 okay. and uh but whatever the kevin whatever his name is who's the lead singer for that uh kevin uh Castrato? No, he's Castrato. His name's Kevin, though. And Kevin. he gets up, gets up pretty. He's like, no, not Kevin Heffern. I'm gonna keep on 
loving you. Like it's up there. Okay. You know what I mean? I bet it's even higher than that, actually. Because it's the only. <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, I, uh, I get the song. I start practicing. I'm practicing. I'm like, okay, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Sing the first few. I, I know you just sang the chorus, but give me some. Sing it. Uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember the words, but it's like, you know. Uh, all caught up, you know, the snake in the grass line or whatever yeah. it was. I want to hear how, because people don't realize, you actually have a lovely right. singing voice. All right, let me. So anyway. Uh, you're not going to give it to <laughs> I gave you, I gave you some of it. I gave you enough of it. And so, uh, uh, you Irish dick. So anyway, I'm practicing the song. I practice the song like my wife hears me practice the song. I'm mm-hmm. singing it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's just for this part and whatever. It's, you know, you're driving over in the car. You know, playing the thing, singing to it. And you're like, yeah, okay, I can, I can probably, I'm okay, I'm all right. Yeah. I can do that. I'm going to do this. And you get to the waiting room, and it's kind of what you talked about before. It's like you get in the waiting room, and it's like all oh, like super good looking dudes with guitars. Yeah, like they brought their own guitars. Yeah, and they're like they're strumming the guitar and they're humming and they're practicing with the finger in the ear. And I'm like, yeah. oh my god, I thought this was like a comedy. Yeah, and you're like, wait a second, that guy's not, not even an actor. That guy's yeah. in the that guy's in, in the Rolling Stones. <laughs> You're like, uh, what the fuck have I walked into here? And I did consider walking out. Yeah. Because then you sit down in the room and you hear the auditions. And and each kind of shoulder-length haired, good-looking dude with a guitar in you know designer jeans and cowboy boots walks in there. And belts out some pavarotti. And you can hear him singing the song. And it's not the comedy version I'm doing. No. You know what I mean? It's the... Like sensual, how beautiful can I make it? Version. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. you got you could because it's loud and it's good. Yeah, they're hitting every note. And I'm like, oh god, okay. And I'm like, I can't. I mean, it's a lead, and I can't walk out. Like you hear the I'm dude do it. You hear the dude in there, and you're like, oh, that's weird. They must have just played the actual recording of "Keep on Loving You" by Aria Speedwagon. And then you're like, oh no, he actually sang it perfectly. Yeah. No, I mean it's and it was even more tender. It's like the acoustic version of it. You yeah, I mean, unplugged. And so, uh, so I walk into there. I'm like, and I'm thinking about leaving, and then I'm like, God, I can't really walk out. I mean, that would be a pussy thing to do. Yeah. And so I was like, Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. And so I go in there, and I'm not even thinking about the the scene I'm supposed to read. I'm yeah. just thinking about that. I got to sing this song. I'm trying to remember the song. You know what I mean? Your heart must be pounding. Pounding, right? So uh, the first thing we do is read the scene. Yeah. So we read the scene, and I, I'm not prepared for the scene. I'm prepared for the song. I'm, I, I kind of flub it a little bit, whatever. My heart's racing, thinking ahead of the game that I'm going to sing next. Next I'm going to sing. Yeah. And so I finish the scene, and uh, and the guy goes, okay, Kev, thanks very much. And I was like, oh, uh, what about the song? Am I, you know, am I supposed to sing the song? Yeah. He goes, oh, no, no, you're auditioning for the drummer, right? I said, yeah. He said, the drummer doesn't sing. <laughs> and I was like, What? He said, "No, we're, the people we audition for the drummers is purely like a comic. You know, you don't you don't have to come and sing. We want you to tell jokes." Yeah, and I was like, "What?" And I walked out of there and, and I got on the phone with my agent at the time and uh, gave him a little shit because I was not given the proper information about this audition. The fact that the drummer didn't sing, and I spent the whole night and day preparing that song, and I never even had to do it. That's fucking bullshit. Which I, I'm glad I didn't have to do, but at the same time, I was little bit of uh, You know what, though? I'm going to give you uh, kudos for the yeah. fact that you actually entered into that room. Thank you. Because I walked. Thank you. But we're saying, we both had the same exact experience, but yeah. I, I heard those voices and I walked. You heard the voices right. and you entered the storm, Kev. Well, your, mine was a network TV show. Yours was what? Like a... It was... Uh, 
Ron Goldman's dinner theater. Probably more dinner theater. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, so the one thing I now I remember, the, like the one thing I had uh, practiced all night for a song. Do you remember, like, when I worked at the record store? At, yeah. At HMV. Yeah. And they were shooting one of those, like, you know, CD hits of the of the seventies. Yeah. And they were shooting, you know, those testimonials. Like this is great, but it was going to be people like lip syncing. <laughs> right. And I worked at the record store, and my boss, like you know, the supervisor went up and asked them if I could audition there. Like he's a sketch comedy, he's a sketch comedian. <laughs> All right. He's got, he's, he's wants to be an actor. Could he audition? And the director was like, Oh, right. The audition was going on for two days. He's like, we'll fit him in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so all night, like they gave me a list of songs I could choose from. I chose Brown, Van Morrison's brown eyed girl uh-huh. laid in bed. <laughs> like with my old Sony disc man on like listening to brown eyed girl. I must've listened to it 30 times. And like, I'd be in front of the mirror, like practicing the "Hey, where did" with a smile on right. my face. Hey, where did we go? Hey, where, back where the grass grows, down where the rains came, yeah. <laughs> laying on the news, saying, "Oh, oh, <laughs> following up with you, a brown-eyed girl." Okay, so you did you all night you long it, yeah. in front of the mirror? No, I, I didn't audition it. Finally, oh. like the next day happened, I was working. I was on the clock. Yeah, and then my shift ended. And I sat there, and the director, I could tell, he's just leaving me for the end, leaving me for the end. And finally, like, the day ended. I, I was off the clock now. I'd just been sitting in the, in the record store waiting. Right. And they started wrapping it up, and uh, and then somebody was like, hey, what about the kid? Right. And the director was like, fine, go. Let's do it. <laughs> he's like, let's just see it. Let's just yeah. see it. And so they put on the song, doom, 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 And I started saying, like, Hey, where did we go? And the dude, like, there was like, all right, all right, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. Oh my god, it wasn't even going to. You're give setting me yourself a shot. up for a Susan Boyle moment, and then and then it was the opposite of that. Yeah, wouldn't even give me a shot. Wow, what a douche! What a fucking douche! See, that's the thing. The people in those positions, oftentimes, and that's why it's an important thing to not do that when you're in that position. They oftentimes are fucking douchebags. Yeah, it's like because they don't. It's like they don't understand personal. Uh, consideration and, and dignity yeah. and that kind of shit. Yeah, no, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two ways he could have handled that. Yeah, okay. And I bet there's even a third and Do fourth. It. Yes. Here's the first way. Just say, you know what? We actually handle this through the agencies. It's a union job. Yeah. Or just come up with a bullshit. Be like, uh, you know what? I'm really sorry. Yeah. But we can't. Yeah. Then it's like the person doesn't go and fucking, you know, open themselves up and do work just so you can shit on them. Here's another way. Number two. If you've done this to the person, don't be a dick. Give me the the thirty seconds, thirty more seconds, just say yeah, and be like, all right, life. and yeah. then say, awesome, yeah, okay, we got you. I'll take. Thank you very much, pal. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Instead of being a total dick, yeah. The looks that people were giving me when he did that, it was like, it was like dead man walking. Like I was like a dog who had come in out of the rain with my ears and tail like soaking <laughs> right. wet, right. and people know it. Right. You're humiliated. Oh, it's humiliating. It's a humiliating. It's a humiliating thing. I. I also had a funny thing happen once like that when I was auditioning for an agent back in the early days. Yeah. I was at the Abrams agency. Okay. And that was commercial? You, it was, it was commercial agents? With commercial agents. Okay. Come, somebody had come to the our early char- or Broken Lizard shows. Yeah. And I went in and it was me and this other awesome looking dude. Okay. Or I, should, I, I shouldn't say this other awesome looking dude. I mean, I was, it was me and this awesome looking dude. <laughs> right. an, an other guy. Okay. And he and I each had an appointment with a different casting agent. <coughs> right. A different... Uh, okay, so you're not going head-to-head with that guy. I'm not going head-to-head okay, with him. got it. Okay. And uh, so I'm waiting for a woman. He's waiting for another woman. And he and I are just talking. Yeah. And uh, and he's a perfectly nice guy. And I was like, so like, how, are you, you're an actor? And he's like, nah, I'm a prop guy. I was, uh, you know, I was doing... 
I was doing this. Com- I was uh, working on a commercial, and uh, you know, the lead actress. You know, I guess she liked me or something, and uh, you know, she brought a man. Like her manager came down, and uh, he thought I had a good look, and so he sent me on an audition for a Wendy's commercial. So I did the audition, and and I booked it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so here I am now. They're trying to get me an agent. Right. And I was, of course, I'm like smiling through. My, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's just awesome. like that. I just booked, super awesome. You're not even an actor. You just booked it. Huh? All right, good for you. And then uh, the a- the agent that I was meeting with, yeah, came out. <clears throat> And looked at him with such hope in her eyes. She was like, Steve? <laughs> and he's like, you know, like, nah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm Jerry. Bruno, I'm Jerry, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and she's like, oh, okay. And uh, she looks, I was like, I'm Steve. She's like, oh, okay. Uh, and then she looks at me. She's like, but, uh, you know, don't leave without, uh, uh, come to see me before you leave to the other guy. She's like, because I have something that I think you might be really right for. <laughs> and he's like, okay, great. Me. Yeah. My, my pussy. <laughs> and, uh. And then anyway, and then at that point, she turns to me. She's like, she's like, uh, uh, okay, Schmeev, come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, didn't really call me Schmeev, but she yeah. might as well. Have. Sure, sure. And she couldn't have been less interested, in, right? And then it's like you just feel like fucking shit. Yeah, feel terrible. And you just you just want people to be like nice. Have you done? Um, but no, 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 go ahead. But I was saying, but she did send me on an audition. Okay, uh, which I did not book. <laughs> okay, but she sent me on a Doritos commercial. Oh, nice. And it's uh, like, do you? Remember, we were actually going to shoot. We were going up to uh, shoot some Broken Lizard videos. We were going to shoot Mob Real Estate and something else. Yeah. You guys actually picked me up from the audition. Okay. To drive up and shoot uh, little yes. videos. So I went to do this Doritos yeah. audition, and we were going to go shoot some stuff. And uh, But it was, it was a, a Doritos audition, and I had to be like, oh, man, I love – like uh, I had to bite into it and be like, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Like I can, I can taste all like these different herbs and spiders. It's like cool ranch. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was like that was when I learned after the fact that there are two kinds of food auditions. Okay, Wait, this is this is good. They're good knowledge. They're called bite and smiles. The bite and smile. The bite and smile. Yeah, okay? and I'm gonna what I'm gonna do tomorrow is I'm gonna vine. Okay, on our Twitter feed, I'm gonna vine each kind of bite and smile. Okay, but one kind is the bite and smile where you. You know how good this food is. You've had it before, and biting into it is like tasting mother's milk. Like you're, and it's like you're like looking at it with anticipation, and then you bite into it, and you're like, "Oh fuck yeah!" An <laughs> orgasm in my mouth. Type right. thing. That's right. one bite and smile. The other bite and smile is, I don't know what this is. I've never had it. I'm a little bit cautious about it. Then bite into it, and like, oh my god, that's really good. <laughs> All right, that's the, the surprise. Other. Yeah, that's the surprise. Bite and smile. That's okay. the other one. So okay, and that's where you learned the bite and smile. That's no, no. I learned. Uh, you know, I, I dated a, a, a girl who was very good at uh, commercials. commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she taught me about the bite and smiles. Okay, but now I can fucking drill it. And <laughs> now you can do a bite and smile. Yeah, with you, but I also do. I do comedy bite and smiles. Okay, because I can't get earnest about that. Shit. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Put it up there. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, improv auditions? Have you ever done? Have you ever had to do improv auditions? That's another thing. Where like you'll go in, and either there won't be a script, or you'll be on the script, and they tell you just to go off. Like for example, uh, I did curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. That's a non-scripted audition. Yeah. Which is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because you uh, you don't audition with. This is another situation. You don't audition with the casting director you audition with larry david yeah so you and there's no script did you know you were going to read with him or uh, audition with him yes. when you first walked in okay yeah everyone does and uh and they have they just give you a little slip of paper 
with a with a uh, scenario. Yeah. Right before you go in, like they a give, topic. Yeah, or, or it's like, like it's like you know, oh, the exterminator came to the house and it didn't work. Or like mine was, I was the I was the TiVo guy. Yeah, Larry can't get the TiVo to work in his house. You yeah. know, and you're like, okay, and so they give you like a couple minutes, and then you go in. And um, I, I, I I'm friendly with Jeff Garland, so he you know before I went in, he kind of pulled me aside and he's like, he's like, uh, here's a couple things, a couple things here. Don't try to be funny, okay? Don't try to be funny. Just just be natural. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because when you try to be funny, it becomes forced, and then Larry will hate it. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay. And he said, the other thing you do, you don't do, which we, we, which I often do anyway. Everyone does it. Don't tell Larry uh, you have mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Don't say that you know somebody that he knows. For which instance, is something everyone does. For instance, Jeff Garland. Right. Don't say you know me. Because what happens is, because what happens is, he'll think that you want to invite that person to the set on the day you're shooting. And he doesn't want to talk to that person. Right. So don't say that. That's and I was like, okay. Of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay. And so you just go in there, and it's like Garland and all the fucking uh, creative geniuses of that show are sitting there, and you're doing the scene with Larry David. It's terrifying. Yeah. There's no script. Just terrifying. Yeah. You know. Um. Uh, but it worked out all right. It worked out all right. Because I got the part. No, you didn't get the part. You booked it. I booked it. I booked it. I booked it. Which is a fun thing, but I've done plenty of other improv ones where, like, I've auditioned for Apatow a couple times, and he likes to go off book yeah. in the audition, and that can be kind of intimidating because you prepare, you prepare that audition, and uh, he wants to see how you go, are your feet. That, that could be challenging at yeah. times. Yeah, uh, yeah. Another one I did one time improv wise was uh, it was uh, for this film, this independent film, and uh, we starred Diane Keaton. And, uh, it went down, uh, uh, it was like the friend, the role of the friend of her son. And it went down to me and this other guy mm-hmm. and just the two of us, we got, we went made through the whole audition process. We came down to two of us. And so the idea was, okay, we're going to bring these guys in and they're going to go head to head, not head to head in the sense we act against each other, but like two guys, the room full of all decision makers, you're going to do stuff. He's going to do stuff. You're going to do stuff. He's going to do stuff. That's too bad. I kind of would like to see a little, little improv off. Uh, that would be interesting, yeah. But I mean, that's they try to at least not to do that, make yeah. you go head to head with somebody, and so like, but you would go in and you'd do the scenes, but also improv and da 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 da, and they wanted to see how you could do. So me and this other guy did the whole afternoon, whole afternoon, uh, and you know we were getting feedback in the end. Of, this person likes you, and that person likes you. And blah blah blah. blah. It was a big thing, and then the next day, they just offered the part to Mike White. Okay. Neither and then neither <laughs> they just neither of us got the part. What the fuck? They just decided. Oh, I guess we were. <laughs> I guess we didn't. We failed the test. But then, uh, yeah, Mike Mark Mike came in and did the part. He didn't even have to audition. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> well, that's but those are the improv. The improv ones I find to be intimidating. I find them very intimidating. In fact, like you know, like uh, I've actually had it the other way around, where you know, like I did that film, the I Heart Shaky, that family yep, film. Yep. And they were having all these Chicago improv people come in to audition. Like comedy scene, Chicago, yeah. I.O., Herald, Second City kind of people. Profession- yeah, professional improvisers gotcha, to right. come into audition with me to play, you know, the cast characters around me. Right. And they came in and they were all, like, I'm not trained in improv. Yeah. And it does require training. And these people were coming in and 
butt fucking. <laughs> I was like, and you're on the other side of it. I was, but like, you don't have. You can just lay back. No, dude. I know. But I was like, it's weird when you're cast to be the lead role in a thing, and everyone's coming to these improv scenes, and you're actually the worst one in it, right? And you're stinking up their audition, yeah. Which I definitely was. Yeah. The interesting thing was that, like, I think a lot of them felt responsible. Because, like, like, they felt that they were the responsible yeah. ones for being, being not good? Or? Well, because they're like, oh, man, well, he's been in all these big comedy movies and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I must be the problem. <laughs> right. And right. I felt like being like, you know, honestly, you're not. Keep letting them think that, man. I know it. I know it. Um, funniest improv audition I ever did? Yeah. Uh, audition for King Kong. Okay. Okay. You remember when uh, they did the Jack uh, uh, Jack Black King Kong? It was like I do Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, Jack Black, yeah. uh, Peter Jackson King Kong. Yes, Peter Jackson King Kong, right? Yeah. Huge, huge th- thing, and they shot it down, you know, New Zealand, Australia, or whatever. But for some reason, they were holding auditions for some of the smaller parts, yeah. in L.A. And I think it was just maybe to have some people on tape or whatever it was. And uh, so I get the auditions, like, hey, audition for King Kong. They could fly down to Australia. King Kong would be Peter Jackson. Like, All right, fucking be awesome. Yeah, and uh, it was the uh, it was like it ends up being like one or two lines. The character, yeah, and he's a dude on the boat as they're going as they're going to the King look Kong. at that monkey. Yeah, uh, but no, what it was, it was a dude who gets eaten by the giant octopus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Like you know, the uh, the boat gets attacked by giant octopus and eats a bunch of people, and okay. you're one of the guys who gets eaten. Okay, so you're so I'm like a ship hand that gets eaten by an octopus. Okay, and so. You go into this little room over in uh, so it's Burbank. not look at that monkey. It's look at that octopus. No, say look at that octopus. So you go over to this little room in Burbank, and they're putting you on tape to send it down to Australia to Peter Jackson yeah. of you as the guy who gets eaten by the octopus, and that's the scene you do. Yeah, the scene where you get eaten by the octopus, and they want you to improvise getting eaten by a giant. Octopus. Correct. Oh. And so uh, the See, way they have you do it, on. I guess so. And here's the, so you're, it's it's you, it's the casting director and the camera, and a folding chair. Okay. Interesting. And so the, 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 I'm intrigued. The cast director goes, see that folding chair? Yeah. That's the octopus. Jesus. You're like, Christ. okay. So that's the octopus that's going to eat me. Yes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and so she turns the camera on. And you're like, hey, you do the line. Oh, look at that octopus. And then you put your head in, whatever it is, you make it as if the chair is eating you. Yeah. And I remember like sticking my head to the opening of the chair and the chair Jeez. back Fuck and like, Christ. And you're like, ah! <laughs> you're screaming. And then that's it. She goes, okay, thank you. And then Jesus you walk out the door. <laughs> okay, people, people, forget every story we've told you so far. If that doesn't make you get the dumb chills and feel like you're an asshole just for being part of that. Well, because you know what that is? That's a casting person, like, I don't know, trying to earn their keep or whatever it is. Because they're not going to fly someone from the United States of America to do that part in New Zealand. Right, they're not gonna. No, <laughs> and uh, and so it's like, yeah, let me see some guys uh, pretend like they get eaten by an octopus, yeah. you know, like, and send me some tape on it. Yeah, like, uh, okay. I mean, and, you know, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, you walk out of there knowing there's no way. No, because just to put it in perspective for people, there is there are economics to filmmaking, yeah. and one of those things is there's something called local hires. <laughs> yep. Which is that for one line, you're going to pay an actor $150 for the day. Maybe $500 for the day. Okay? You get somebody who lives in the area because you give them lunch and you give them their salary and you send them home and they get out of of your lives. Right. You don't bring somebody on an 18-hour flight that's going to cost 
$20,000 and put them up in a hotel, <laughs> you don't do it. It's no. not cost effective. No. So that was that's just a waste of time. No. Um, no, I... You, God. Well, I'm glad that you've had the experience of acting with a chair, though. I know. That's hysterical. Yeah. It's like, uh... I guess when you're on the set of King Kong, you're acting against some sort of fake backdrop anyway. So that's what, that's what they, they want to see, is how, how well you can act with an inanimate object. Yeah. What about getting dressed up? Have you, you know, we talked about this in the past, the old, uh, you know, you, there, there are different theories about if you're going to try out for the part, go in looking like the part. So if you're going to try out for a cop, go in with a cop outfit on. And, you know, if you, you, some people subscribe to that. Some people don't subscribe to that. Some people feel dorky about it. Where do you come down on that? Well, I feel dorky about it, but I also love it when people do it. Like, like when we're sitting on the other side of the camera, you like the other people come in. Well, it's like, for instance, Nat Faxon, who, when we cast him in Club Dread, right. that was the first time we met him, he came in in flip-flops and a beach bum outfit, and he was also great. That's what he wears every day, Lenny. True. <laughs> true. And the same, the same holds true for the next person I was going to mention for Club Dread, Brittany Daniel. Yeah. She came in post-workout. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. But she came in... Which is what she does every day. Yeah. She came in in like super short shorts and a great outfit. She had a great body. She was obviously a fitness freak. She was drinking water between every take. It was like, if she speaks English, she's got this part. She's <laughs> right. got the part. She right. looked some, she looked, she looked the part. She looked the part. I have, I have tried it twice. Okay. What were your, what were the two? One was, um, that get smart spinoff movie. They did, I think it was called uh, Bruce and Lloyd. Is that, I think, yes, it was, but, but what, what it was for, but you had to get the part in Get Smart first. So it was actually an audition for Get Smart. You're auditioning for Get Smart. Yeah, it's like Pete Siegel, Steve Carell, That's Get Smart. Totally, you're totally correct. Yeah. You're auditioning for Get Smart. And, and then if you got it, then they you knew that they were going to do a spin We knew it in advance. Yeah, right. And, uh, but I think, I, think we, I think you knew it was going to be straight to DVD, but it didn't matter. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to get a part in yeah, Get yeah, Smart. Yeah, yeah. But it's for like these two nerdy tech guys or something yep, like that. Yeah, I, I auditioned for the same parts. Yep. yep. And I was feeling pretty comfortable about that because we, we had just shot, we had just wrapped... Um, the shoot for uh, Beer Fest. Right. And this was a Warner Brothers movie. Warner That's Brothers right. movie. I had played Finkelstein. We were waiting for the reshoot, so I still hadn't like gotten rid of my perm. Yeah. And my male pattern baldness yet. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was like, I got a shot at this thing. I put on a lab coat, and I got some Finkelstein glasses, and I went in and did the thing as Finkelstein, <laughs> which probably wasn't the smartest thing. That you shouldn't have done the accent. Yeah, I came in basically as like a sketch comedy character. Okay, okay. And, that uh, may have been your mistake. That might have been my mistake. And then the other one was uh, when I went into audition for Bronx Tale. Right. Um, for the part the of... The De Niro uh, movie. Chaz Palmiteri and uh, De yeah. Niro. Yeah, and I went into audition for the part of De Niro's son. Right. Which... Played by the guy who went to jail. Yeah. Did he murder someone? Yeah, no, he, he was... But he was... Breaking with, and entering or something? Yeah, breaking and entering. And I think he was uh, an accessory. I'm not sure. Okay. There. I don't okay. want to smirch him, but uh, Lilo Brancato. Lilo Brancato. Um, but, uh, you know, my whole life... Everybody had always been like, you're young Robert De Niro. You look like Robert De Niro. <laughs> right. When we started acting with Kevin Cooper, he'd be like, you're a young De Niro. Right. And so I had it in my head that I had a shot at this thing. Like, I look like De Niro. So I went, I put on like a guinea tea, mm-hmm. slicked my hair back, like was talking like this, or, you know, <laughs> right. like a non-comedic person. Like I actually was trying for this thing and I read the scene and she was like, you know, it's not bad, except, you know, unfortunately you don't look anything like Robert De Niro. And right. I, in my mind, I was like... You stupid fucking bitch. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking Everyone about. Everyone tells me I look like yeah. Robert Yes, I do. Yeah. She's like, I only work with him, you know, every day. Anyway, so that was the other time. And, I, and then it's when I walked out. 
Yeah. And I was on the subway home with my guinea tea and my slicked back hair that yeah. I really felt like an ass. Yeah. How about you? Have you, do you where do you fall, come down on this? Uh, I tend to not do it at any cost. And I guess it's and it's probably not for the right reasons. I mean, I, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel dorky about it. I feel dorky enough auditioning and then to go in, in the part. But I, I do but, agree with you when you're on, sitting on the other side of the camera and a person comes in, it's helpful. But is the, is the, it is helpful. Is the dorkiness for you sitting in the waiting room in that character? Is it walking in front of those people in that character? Or is it, like I said, going home in public? All the above, probably. Yeah. All the above. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for me, it's also the same thing as like when I waited tables. I was a guy who would like go in my plain clothes and then change when I got there. And there were people who would just walk to work in their waiter uniform. Right. And I'd be like, I'm not doing that. Which, in retrospect, like, what's the big deal, right? Who cares about walking? Well, uh, you know, maybe I was too proud at the time. Yeah, sure. Okay. But that is similar to auditioning. It's like those actors. I guess, but then in my mind, like, I, I guess I think of like, God, does it, if I'm auditioning the person who walks in that thing, how does it affect my perspective? Sure. You know? But I don't know. I mean, I, well, but it's the same thing as like, for instance, putting on an accent for an audition. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're gonna, I mean, it's not a visual thing, certainly. Yeah. But, like, you are going to have to stretch. You're going to have to open yourself up a little bit. Sure. Which I have done. I have done also. I mean, the accent ones are fucking hysterical. They're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Because you feel like an idiot and whether your accent is even any good. Like, I've done Lord of the Rings, Thor, and Percy Jackson, all British as British characters. Wait, so you didn't do like a hobbity audition for Lord of the Rings and I like did a, audition a Norse for audition for Thor? Yeah. Uh, no, it was like, you know, like... I remember when you auditioned for Thor. Yeah, that was the original, the Kenneth Branagh uh, one. Who was, you know, it's Kenneth Branagh. It's like, and the dialogue is written in kind of like a Shakespearean way, you know, it's like... But, and, but, and your part was like for one of Thor's like warrior buddies. Yeah, right? one of his buddies. Yeah. But like the comedic one? Uh, the comedic, yeah, comedic, but... Big. Like there's like Thor and there's Loki and then yeah. there's Chunko. Well, it's false. I think it's Falstaff. Okay. Or whatever. And, uh, oh, they didn't have one called Chunko? No. Who's played by Ray Stevenson, who I fucking love. That and dude's who's so British. tough. That dude's and so British. tough. So like, everyone, you're like, That's the Punisher. Yeah, why did I go in for that? But like, you know, it's like Thor. What the fuck? You're going for Thor, right? Do you, I, holy fucking shit. And you mean to tell me you didn't put on like a Viking helmet with the horn? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but I did do a British accent. Holy shit. And because I think part of that might have been a little singing too thing. Like it was like they were in a bar and he started to be broke into like a bar song. Farewell and I do. Yeah, one of those kind of things. Uh, and then, yeah, The Hobbit. It was The Hobbit, I think. What part did it? you uh, audition for? One of those. Uh, a, a one, troll? Of the tro- one of the. No. A gnome? The, a dwarf. Dwarfs. One of the dwarfs. Awesome. Fuck. I would you know, like, There's like eight or nine of them, you know? I auditioned for for them. I'd be jealous if you were in those movies, but I'd be psyched if you were. Same thing as the King Kong thing, in the sense, though, is Peter Jackson was Australia. Yeah. Some dude was having auditions for, like, you know, guys to do one-liners. Sure. And it was, like, a year before they ever shot the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You knew it wasn't going to happen. But but you still get your English accent together, and you go in there and do it. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's hard. I went in in an audition for something for a British part. And at the end of the first reading, they said, okay, but you do know that they, uh, the character's supposed to be British, right? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, so you're going to do a British accent? And I was like, I just did it. <laughs> That's what I was doing. <laughs> Didn't get that part. 
fucking jerks. Um, what southern accents too? Well, we for Dukes we did southern. Dukes is a whole another funny fucking story. Fucking Dukes is ridiculous. That's you know we were going to talk a little bit about us being on the other side of the thing where we're making the movie and auditioning other people for the movie. Yeah. And uh, well, Dukes was a, was an interesting situation because you know uh, uh, they brought us in. Jay was directing and they brought us in to help like write and yeah. stuff like that and kind of be Jay's team or whatever and yeah. So we were kind of involved in the writing and the auditioning process, and uh, like we sat in on. Like I read with people. I I read, uh, you know, J one had like you know someone who could you know do a good job reading with the yeah actors, and so I did that. And yeah, I think so did you I did too. Yeah, you read with the top 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 people well, coming I, through there, and uh, but at the same time, he made us read for our parts because what, the studio had to see it. Yeah, well, it was interesting because like I. And they didn't have to. And I'll tell you how I found that out. Like, I, first of all, I was lobbying hard for the part of Enos. Right. And, like, while we were writing it, I'd be like, and, you know, I'd make a fucking great Enos. (laughs) You know, like, of all the guys in Broken Lizard, I could be a great Enos. Yeah. And, like, I was, it was like, I was trying to make it into such a common joke that finally one day he'd be like, you want to play Enos? And I'd be like, yeah. And he'd be like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and so and then when they were screen testing uh the girls for daisy duke yep they had me come in and screen testing means like they they select like the top six yeah and then they do a real test they put them in the outfit and the makeup on a set with the real cameras yeah and see, it's like shooting a little mini movie so yep. see who wins yeah and all the producers are the studios there everyone's yep. there this is the final thing uh, Knoxville and Sean William Scott were there because then afterwards they were going to have like a chemistry. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was a, a mix and match. Yeah. Which is just, for people who don't know, mix and match is when they, they had their finalists and they just start having people read with all the different people and seeing who looks best with each other. Yeah. And so they, they would see which woman looked best as Daisy Duke with those guys, those guys who had already been cast in the right. park. So Jay said, Hey, do you want to, re- uh, we're doing all the daisies. It's an Enos and Daisy scene because she's, you know, he has the hots for her. Right. I want to read Enos. Now, what this meant, this is like the most awesome audition <laughs> in the world because it means you are essentially screen testing with all of the daisies. That's right. In the outfit, in the makeup, you got it all yeah. on. On set. Yeah. There's, and no one's casting that role yet. No one is casting that yeah. role yet. We, they haven't even, you know, I mean, they're auditioning for the role too, but like I'm doing the screen test. Right. So now I'm reading with Jessica Simpson. Is it unprofessional if I say some of the other actors? Yeah, yeah, probably just leave it. Okay. So some big actors. There are some big Hollywood yeah. actresses. And uh, and then, you know, Billy Gerber, the producer's there. And he's he's telling me, he's like, he's like, you should be Enos, man. He's like, you're fucking great. <laughs> he's like, I, I, you know, you could be Enos as far as I'm concerned. You could be Enos. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I met him. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> it's the fucking Billy Gerber. Thing. Anyway, like Jessica Simpson comes up. First of all. That was incredible in and of itself. Right. Because she had come running up these stairs. And it's kind of a sexy scene, right, where she hits on you. Yeah, she hits on me because she needs to – it's not, not hitting on me, but well, she they, wants to get something right, out of Right. She needs some information out of you, so she has to make your fucking toes curl. Yeah, she's you know, like – and my dick hard. Right, right. And she's like, come on, Enos. You know what he would know if you just gave some information to little old me, man. <laughs> and this is like the top Hollywood actress, Jessica Simpson. She bounds up the stairs in her Daisy Dukes. You know, at the risk of sounding crass, every time she jumps up those stairs, like, <laughs> m- my eyes are bouncing out of my Crass. Head. Crass alert. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so then, after all that, 
Jay made me come in an audition and sit in the fucking waiting room with like all the other asshole guys from my food group. <laughs> and it was like I I was really nervous. The last but what, what like what was that moment where okay you did the screen test and you're like pretty good like you assumed or what was the I thought that would have been a good enough thing. Yeah, sure. I thought that would have been but I you know sure. who knows? Who knows what reasons he had. And uh but anyway I did not get the part. Well I, I was told that it was more of like trying trying to avoid like a nepotism kind of thing where he's like obviously we're his friends, he's got this big gig. You can't make it you know, the studio has to make, see like they own it. that's why I, I got the impression we we had to audition. Sure. And I you know and I Because the re- re- ridiculous thing is you're sitting there with Jay and Mary Vernu, who's the casting director, and I read with 30, 40 people. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point, I mean, you, that cashier knows what I can do and yeah, Jay knows what I can do, obviously. And, you know, yeah. so I, I was told that was put them on tape. So, cause you show everyone to the, to the uh, studio. Sure. Cause they are put, paying the bills. Sure. I was already on tape. Uh, true. With true. The Daisy Duke. <laughs> true. 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 <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so, you know, so, but I think that's, I, I think there's one of two things that can possibly be at work there. Number one is Jay's first feature film. Uh, non-Broken Lizard. I mean, I'm yeah, a big yeah. studio feature yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two, the one I suspect it's more, is that we know that Jay just likes to have people do that. Because like we have had our friends uh, who are in our Broken Lizard movies, we have, you know, there have been some great Broken Lizard disagreements <laughs> on some parts where we're like, come on, we've worked with these people before <laughs> right. let's just give them the part we don't need to make them the audition and right. there are some it's not just jay but there's some other people who are like everyone needs to go through the process right and we're like fine but for one line let's be honest sure a lot sure. of people can do the line sure why not give it to i us? know a lot of people that can do that line. yeah let's hook our friend up yeah anyway this is a much <laughs> this is a much bigger deal this is the main character yeah yeah in, and, a, in a in a 60 million dollar movie yeah and he put me in the movie not once but twice yep exactly because the original part I played got cut from the movie, yeah. and so then I got a much better role, actually. Absolutely. I'm in the cold open of the, the opening head. of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was uh, that was fun. I, I uh, always find it interesting to audition for your friends. Not even just people you know, like, that you've hung out with, but, like, it's yeah. it's a little awkward. It's weird and awkward. Yeah. And there becomes, all of a sudden, a level of formalism to it, which you wish didn't exist. Yeah. It's, it's, and I also, I find it strange when my friends who I have acted with in several things, you know, who have been in a bunch of our movies come in and read for something else. I'm like, yeah, I can actually save you the trouble. Like, I can, <laughs> I'll just hire you because I fucking love you. Yeah. You know, or like, actually, you're, you're, unfortunately, you're not right. Yeah. I guess there are times, you know, it's like we, we had some people came in like for the, you know, the, the German brothers and stuff. And yep. it's like, you actually want to, you don't know if they can do a real German accent. Yeah. Or not. And so, That's why when Faxon broke out his German accent. I feel like it was the first, we knew him so well, but it was the first time we ever heard him do yeah. that accent. Yeah, like, it was. Holy shit, dude. How do you do that? He's like, oh, my grandmother's German, so, uh, you know. Yeah, but he, he's like, dude, that's fucking unbelievable. He also said that he watched Predator the night before. Because <laughs> yeah. if you, I remember his his audition and then also it made into Club Dread. A lot of his lines are Schwarzenegger's lines from Predator. Like, come on, d- do it. What are you waiting for? What are you for? waiting for? Yeah. On a side note, I watched Conan the Barbarian last night. Oh, yeah. It was on okay. TV. It, it, it was great. What's the hardest audition you've ever been on? Uh, I don't know. I would say... I don't know. A couple of those were hard. Those improv ones were hard, I felt like. Um, I had one... While you're thinking about it, I had yeah. one that was... Uh, it was actually for a student film. 
Okay. And uh, which is now we're going way back again. Okay. And I was supposed to play the part of like a junkie rapist. Okay. Junkie rapist. Yeah. A junkie rapist. And I guess I was going to get the part because the guy had me come back and he wanted me to read with all these actresses. Okay. But then the scene he wanted me to do with all of these girls, I guess these were the finalists, he wanted to see the rape scene. And this is well, how do you, how, how, what do you mean a rape scene? What, what he mean? wanted me to do was get rough with these chicks and like pin them down and then like. But it, it, part of auditioning is not doing that. I feel like that's, it's like there is a line. It's like the kissing. Like yeah. a lot of times when there's a kissing scene in an audition, yeah. in a scene you don't really kiss in the audition. No, in fact, you make fun of it. You're like, right. and then we make out and then you're like, one, 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 one. Like right. you're just pretending. But this guy wanted the. This guy wanted to see it, and I was like, uh, so one girl came in, and, uh, like, you know, I was like, I kind of, like, did that version of the kiss, kiss, kiss with her. It's like, all right, you know, struggle, do it, because on the day you're going to do it, for yeah, sure. sure. And then, you know, she, she left, and he was like, uh, listen, you're not really giving it to me. <laughs> let's, uh, let's see it. I was like, well, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, I want you to, like, rape her. He's like. Like, pull open their shirt. You know, like, tear off their clothes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is an audition. Yeah. And this is not... I don't think they're going to expect that to yeah. happen. And, and this is not a studio film. This is a student film. Yeah. It's seven minutes long. Yeah. For your fucking... For your junior year <laughs> submission. You know, like... I was like, and I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Here, he, he's like, well, just... He's like, come on. Like, like get... Just be rougher with them. Right. And so the next one, it was like I was like, "How can I do this without losing the part and not being a fuck, uh, not, not doing this?" Sure. And so I tried to like, you know, just like grab the girl and be really intense with her. Yeah. And I think she probably appreciated that and probably thought that was too much. Okay. But like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. But what are you fucking doing? The next guy. Then, so then he, he was like, "You're gonna have to give me more than this." And I was like, "I already had a fucking migraine." Yeah. Going now, yeah. I was so agitated and upset and I was like well I can't do what you want me to do right yeah. now I was yeah. like when we shoot I can do it but I can't do it right now he's yeah. like well and I can't give you the part I was like okay and I walked <laughs> so that was like when I, wa- I had the who's job. that fucking guy where's yeah. he now I don't fucking know uh, but wasn't that with the thing about uh, I think who was it was it April Bowlby's Slam and Salmon audition mm-hmm. it was uh, oh, that's what made it so good is that she handled it so well right yeah, that was like um, she was a, a fucking all star in that audition. It, yeah, so like uh, it is hard, like when you when you know you're gonna have to do like a kissing scene with somebody in the audition, and uh, you, it's awkward, yeah. especially when you're it's the person that that you're there with, and you're like, okay, I have to show some kind of chemistry. And so for Slam and Salmon, what was happening was we'd get to the scene where we kiss, and then we would just you know literally be like. It's literally it's something like somebody will like touch your shoulders and be like okay and like and rub right. them and be like okay there was that we That's made the out kiss. Right. and then we all laugh about it right and then we keep reading the scene because we want to see their comic chops. That's right. That's right. What April Bowlby did was she got to that thing, and then like like the first time we read it, I don't know if she did it the first time we read it, but then like the second time she she just goes oh fuck it and she just came in uh-huh. and like she didn't kiss me or anything like that, right. but she just hugged me. Okay, right. and then like I think she like kissed my cheek or something like that. I mean, yeah. but she 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 broke the distance between us. Right. Okay. And did she kiss me? I feel like maybe she did, but there was something very endearing. It wasn't awkward in any way. 
Yeah. I think she came and she hugged me and kissed yeah. me on both cheeks. Maybe, maybe. And then, funny. Like, yeah. and then like looked at me in the eye and kept me close. Yeah. Because she had broken that little barrier. Yeah. And she got the part because of it. Like, Yeah. She was such a good audition. Because it, what it actually did, it actually made my performance better. Yeah. Because it was like, I was able to give that one last thing. Like, okay, I'm going to flirt. Sure. I'll give the flirt. Yeah. She's really doing it. She's re- she, she went committed. Yeah. And we told her that. That was the reason yeah. that, she, that she got it. Good. Um, All right. We're... we're uh, you know what, Queen? I just realized something, though. Yeah. We, we have a unique thing in that you and I actually auditioned for something together. We did uh, Shark After Dark. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I just realized that because I've, I've auditioned for you when I auditioned for sure. Jared Goosebeak, and I've auditioned for Jay. You've auditioned for Jay. Yeah. But I just realized you and I actually went in for – it was for uh, this show called Shark After Dark. Yeah. Which is Discovery Channel's uh, – their Shark Week talk show. Yeah, it was like a walking uh, – talking dead kind of a thing or – Yeah. Break, talking bad. Talking bad. One of those talk. kind of shows, but after – yeah. After the programming on Shark Week. Yeah. Like late night. Yeah. And in, in that case, you and I were the other option because they were auditioning individuals. Correct. But then with us, they were like, okay, these guys tour around together. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and, uh, and so we were, we got the audition to go together. It was going to be a screen yeah. test. Yep. And, uh, it was us against like six or seven other folks. Yeah. And so we had different food groups, like, like some hosts, some models, some comics. Some, yeah. A scientist, I think they had. Yeah. Different kinds of people who would host this. But it was supposed to be a funny late night talk show. Funny late night talk show. But just like a late night, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we had to prepare some – they gave us a monologue. Yeah, which we ended up rewriting our own. Yeah, but that, that, that's what they wanted. It was yeah, like yeah. you were going to have to joke this up. Yeah. And then they were like, and you're going to be interviewing a couple of people. Like yeah. one of the guys we wound up ultimately interviewing was the guy who uh, who did Air Jaws. Yep. Which is the you know the, the flying yeah, sharks in DP South Africa. Or, yeah, you shot it, yeah. And uh, and he and he was interesting. And then the third part of that was going to be that we did an improv. That's right. With a comedian who they came in to be a, a, a fake guest. Yeah, well, they gave you like Twitter's uh, tweets to read. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so you and I prepared for this. We did. We prepared hard. We we got our outfits together, yeah. put on some makeup, showed up there, and yeah. then what happened? Well, I mean, we don't like to bog down in like the pieces, but basically, uh, before you test for these things, your your contracts have to be done because uh, if they tell you they want it, you and then your contract's not done, then you know the idea is that you could break one of the calls yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. So, on both sides of the deal, everyone, your deal has to be done before you screen test for these things. And so um, we get there to the to the thing, and we had done all this preparation and. Uh, uh, it turned out that our deal wasn't done, and for whatever reason, and so now uh, we're supposed to go go up, and all the brass is there from well, all what, kinds of Discovery the, and CBS. Wasn't the deal done? But like, and then we signed the contract, but then it needed a counter signature. Well, no, no, we signed the wrong contract. Okay. We signed an earlier version of the contract. Okay, and then it was, something was unresolved, and then. Like people started trying to call each other and lawyers and agents and all this shit. And basically what happened is we sat there for an hour yeah, waiting for this thing to get resolved and everyone's getting edgy and the, the hierarchy was going edgy. They had a studio audience that they had to let them go because yeah. it was lunch. And so we went in there and uh, we did our audition <clears throat> in less than uh, optimal circumstances. Yeah. Well, we were pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. I I was fuming. Yeah. I was in that case. Yeah. I was trying to be the level head. Yeah. I and, was like, I can't believe it, this has happened because we were so prepared. Yeah. But also, you know, like uh, 
it was annoying because our reps didn't want us to do this. Yeah. Because the terms of such would mean that we weren't allowed to do other TV shows or anything else for like a, a while. Right. right only right. for like 12 weeks. Sure, 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 sure. And so we were also feeling like there, there was like... We ultimately... We made disregarded it. and said, let's do it. Yeah. And then, and then it, it ended up, there were other things out of our control that hurt it. Yeah. But, um, but we did our audition. Oh, whatever. We did it. We did it. Why do we talk so much about the, the failed ones? Well, I guess there are, cause that's why it's like, it's like being a great hitter, you know, you're going to, the best hitters only hit three, uh, three out of 10. You know what I mean? Well, because a lot of the way things get, it's true, but a lot of the things, the way things get done in this business are that the parts you get are actually the ones you're just offered. Yeah. You know, like, I, like I've been called back and stuff, but like. I mean, truly, the only auditions I've ever gotten and, and booked in the room yeah. were the breakdancing commercial I did. <laughs> yeah. And I just went in. I was one of the only two. There were only two guys that fit their criteria yeah. for the commercial, mm-hmm. which was good white breakdancers. Yeah. And we were the two guys that got the parts. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then it's like like the CNC Music Factory video. Yeah. That's another one that I booked. You know? But on the flip side, though, you've been on this side of the camera, the other side of the camera, and you've had people come in and, and book parts yeah, based on people you don't know. Absolutely. Whether it's the Nat Faxes or the April Bulbies of the world or, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, but we've played the game, you know, I mean, like, uh, there are certainly parts, the way it goes down, where, like, you do have, like, you have offers out to the, the actors that you want. Yeah. And you're auditioning everybody in town just so you can see yeah. if there's, you know somebody else who can do it. I mean, you just never know who, who you're yeah. going to get. Yep. 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 But, uh, anyway, so anyway, advice to actors out there. Uh, we want to, we want you to be the person. The part is yours. And you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah. It could even be like, if you're a dude with red hair and the casting director is a female who felt like met a redheaded dude the night before and fell in love with him, <laughs> you might get that part. She might be like, let's go sure. with the red hair guy. Sure. If she got dumped by a dude with red hair the night before, she might be like, you might be in trouble. I fucking hate this guy. I don't know why. I fucking hate him. Right. You never know what's right. going to happen. Right, right. But anyway, keep plugging away, bro. Just like everything else. Right. Um, all right. All right. I got my piece of apple pie with uh, a la mode out ready to chew it. What about you? I got my Rocky Mountain oysters, bro. Okay. <laughs> two of them? You can yeah. get two of them? Of course. They come in pairs, right? They do come <laughs> in pairs, yeah. They sure do. But, you know, Rocky Mountain Oysters, the way they're served on a plate then is in fourth because they cut them in half and splay sure. them open. But they are two Rocky Mountain Oysters. There are only two oysters on that plate. Right. All right. That's what I'm eat. Okay. Enjoy. All right. Thanks, everybody. That was our little audition uh, talk. Maybe we shed some uh, light on how that process works. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and look for – come to my Twitter feed, at Steve Lemmy. and I will do the two different bite and smiles. The bite and smiles. Tomorrow. Love to see the bite and smiles. Yeah. All right, everybody. Good talking to you again. Talk to you next week. Mm. Oh, my God. A la mode. I love it. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 